Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, we have our week in review. And we have new news. That's today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, March 25th, 2021. I don't know. I think it was a couple months ago. I started telling you guys my top hip-hop artists and my top hip-hop groups, and I got a lot of emails about that. And one that I want to really figure out is top producers. And the reason why I'm thinking about this is because I've been trying to figure out where to put Timbaland. And Timbaland, I've owned his albums, all of them, actually, Timbaland Magoo, or just Timbaland. And, of course, you know, he produced people like Missy Elliott, he produced Aaliyah. He produced Justin Timberlake. I think he's working on a new album with Justin Timberlake right now, and, and they just slap. And remember Genuine? Genuine was him. And anyway, everything that he touched for a long time was just gold. And I love Timberland. So I was trying to figure out where to put him because he's not the best rapper. But everything that he touched turned to little gold or platinum or double platinum or triple platinum. And he made stars. And so I was wondering who your favorite hip-hop producers are. I have, you know, Kanye, uh, you could love him or hate him, but Kanye is a great producer. Swiss Beats. And who are some new ones? Because I, I kind of like fell off. Like, I'm still trying to keep up. You know, when you get older, you just try to keep up. Life gets busy. I'm trying to keep up with new hip hop and everything, but I, I'm falling back on the details. Like, who are the top producers? And of course, you got to give a shout out to Rick Rubin, who is not, you know, specifically hip hop, but he made stars too and dabbled in hip hop and every genre. So let me know who are your favorite hip hop producers? Matthew Earn at Decrypt.co. And now, I think you're going to be very happy with these crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11.50 Eastern Standard Time. That's AM, by the way. Bitcoin is sitting at $44,400, up a percent in 24, but 8.5% in 7. Ethereum is number 2 at $31,134, up 0.5%. Teller is number 3. Binance Coin is at 113, pretty much even from yesterday. And USDC is number 5, rounding off the top 10. We have XRP, ADA, Terra Luna, Solana, and Avalanche. Cardano, by the way, ADA is up 30 one percent in seven days total market cap rate at two trillion dollars of btc dominance of 42.1 percent and an f dominance of 18.8 moving into top headlines for the week According to Australian Senator Andrew Bragg, decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs pose an existential risk to the tax base since they are recognized as partnerships and as such are not liable to company tax. Speaking at an Australian Blockchain Week conference, Bragg announced a comprehensive piece of legislation called the Digital Service Act, or the DSA. In it, the senator highlighted DAOs, among other sectors, adding that they must be recognized and regulated as a matter of urgency. And why is this? Because Australia has reliance on company tax, and it's unsustainable, according to him. Given that the company tax accounted for 17.1% of all the Commonwealth's total revenue in 20 to 2021. Senator Bragg also stressed that it's necessary to recognize that the fact that DAOs are self-regulated and transparent with a built-in system for governance. 
the legal recognition of DAOs also means that there's a set minimum standards that should be legislated. Staying in Oz, cryptocurrency exchange FTX has continued its recent global expansion streak by establishing a new division in Australia. FTX.Oz, which is I like to call it, that's not its name, but FTX Australia, will offer an exchange and OTC products as well as derivatives, the firm announced on Monday. The Australian government also announced its intentions to establish a world-leading regulatory framework to bring crypto out of the shadows. This Australian expansion for FTX comes weeks after the exchange established an FTX Europe to offer its services across the Europe Economic Area, the EEA. FTX also expanded into the African market this month, linking with a Nairobi, Kenya-based fintech firm, AZA, or AZA Finance, which claims to have started the continent's first digital currency exchange. The European and Australian divisions will be aiming to emulate the success of its American equivalent, FTX.US, which launched in 2020 and now has around 1.2 million users and is valued at $8 billion, following a $400 million funding round. How much is FTX worth? The whole shebang? Well, it's about $32 billion valuation. Moving to Tuesday. Now, that was all Monday. Moving to Tuesday now. Moving to Tuesday, Robinhood announced that it's replacing its current debit card offering with a cash card that will come with a variety of new investment and reward features, including the ability to acquire crypto. Cash card aims to offer credit card style rewards with a debit card that comes with no interest or fees. One notable feature of the card is that Robinhood users will be able to round up their purchases to the nearest dollar with a surplus change going to investments in stocks or crypto. Those who choose to do this will receive a weekly bonus worth up to 10 bucks. The new cash card will be offered first to those on a waiting list. Remember this week, we had a phishing PSA, actually a couple of them. The founder of Defiance Capital, Arthur Chiang, had roughly $1.7 million in NFTs lifted from his crypto wallet early Tuesday morning. How many NFTs, you might ask? Well, approximately 59 NFTs were stolen. Well, in the wake of this incident, he tweeted, This hit me hard. But if I got exploited as fairly sophisticated after five years of crypto user, DeFi user, password manager, and mostly hardware wallet... I'm not sure how I can persuade most normal people to put substantial part of their net worth on chain anymore. He said the most likely cause of this was through spear phishing, a spear phishing email that appeared to be from one of his Defiance Capital's portfolio companies. Upon opening the file, the attacker allegedly gained access to the private key of one of Chung's hot wallets. What is a hot wallet, you might ask? A hot wallet is something that's connected to the internet. And you usually have a hot wallet because you want to, you can trade your Bitcoin, your Ethereum, whatever, cryptocurrency, your NFTs. Um, you just want it there because you're going to do back and forth trading and you want to be connected at all times, opposed to a cold wallet, which your private keys are stored there, your crypto is stored there. It's air gapped. It's not connected to your computer or the internet in any way. And it sits like somewhere, maybe in a vault or in a bank or in a deposit box or buried in your backyard. I don't know where you put it, but if you want to get it, you're going to have to probably go through a little bit of finagling so you can trade your crypto. And that's the difference between hot and cold wallets. Wednesday, cryptocurrency exchange Crypto.com has been revealed as a sponsor for the upcoming FIFA World Cup to be held later this year in Qatar. CEO Chris Marzalek said, We could not be more excited to sponsor the FIFA World Cup, one of the most prestigious tournaments in the world, and drive further awareness of Crypto.com globally. He continued to say, through our partnership with FIFA, we continue to use our platform in innovative ways that Crypto.com can power the future world-class sports and fan experiences around the world. This is not the first move for Crypto.com into sports. Remember sponsorships of the Philadelphia 76ers, Formula One, and oh yeah, just hundreds of millions of dollars to put Crypto.com on the Lakers' home? They're making big moves, having a big year. Let's see what they do for the rest of the year.
So good and bad news came out of Thailand this week as well. Thailand's SEC, or Security and Exchange Commission, announced that it will be implementing a ban on crypto as payments starting from April 1st of 2022. So in like six days. In a statement on Wednesday, the regulator said that cryptocurrencies may affect the financial system's stability, posing risk to the country's economy. Other risks highlighted by the SEC include loss of value due to price volatility, cyber theft, and personal data leakage. The regulator also added that cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin may be used as a tool for money laundering. The regulator also added, and they wanted to make sure that everybody knew, that crypto was still open for investment purposes, and it was not banning it. On Thursday, Meta, formerly Facebook, filed eight trademark applications for its logo to cover a wide range of digital purposes. Among the eight trademark filings, six explicitly refer to cryptocurrency and blockchain-based technologies. Those are crypto tokens, blockchain software, virtual currency exchanges, financial and currency trading, and finally digital crypto and virtual currencies. Meta recently announced that it's looking to integrate NFTs on Instagram, and Zuckerberg, at the South by Southwest conference, said he envisions Instagram users to be able to mint their digital avatars' clothing as NFTs. In the last of old news, which I thought was a very good use case for Bitcoin, a Ukrainian refugee who goes by Fady has reached Poland with $2,000 worth of Bitcoin held in a USB drive. He says, I couldn't withdraw cash at all because the queues at the ATMs were so long. And I couldn't wait that much time. This is what Fady told CNBC. With Bitcoin, I could just write my seed phrase on a piece of paper and take it with me. Fady also said that he made a peer-to-peer exchange with a friend and traded $600 worth of Bitcoin for Poland's national currency. He used those funds to pay for transport, a hostel, and food. Moving into some new news today. ExxonMobil is running a pilot cryptocurrency mining program powered by excess natural gas from oil wells in North Dakota, according to a report by Bloomberg. Exxon has reportedly reached an agreement with Caruso Energy Systems, a company that provides solutions to natural gas flaring, to take gas from an oil well site in North Dakota to provide on-site power to crypto mining hardware and assets powered by proof of work. So basically, they're going to be mining Bitcoin. Gas flaring, by the way, is a practice of burning national gas generated from the extraction of oil. The oil and gas company has also reportedly considered similar pilot programs in the U.S. state of Alaska, Nigeria, Argentina, and Germany. So, here's my opinion on this one. I think that's pretty cool. However, you want to talk about further divide in D.C.? An oil company using natural gas and uh, fossil fuels to fuel Bitcoin mining is only going to start narratives on the left and the right. Uh, I cannot see that this is not going to start a major, major, I guess, mudslinging debate of who supports and who doesn't. And I promise you, this is going to siphon down into party lines. What do you think? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. The United States Department of Justice announced that it would charge a pair of 20-year-olds with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering over the Frosties NFT project. Never heard of it. I'm glad I didn't. They are alleged creators of Frosties, and it's an Ethereum-based NFT project that held its mint in January. After selling through the 8,888 NFTs and banking around $1.1 million worth of ETH in the process, the creators closed down the project's Discord channel and disappeared with the funds. Textbook rug pull. What is a rug? Think about standing on a little rug and coming and pulling it from under you. What do you do? You fall down. 
<laughs> and that's what happened to everybody's money who just minted this. Well, the floor for Frosties right now is about 0.001 ETH, or about 3 bucks. They originally sold for a 0.04 ETH mint, which was about $112 at the time. This is the first known case of the Department of Justice charging NFT's creators with alleged conspiracy to defraud buyers. Each individual was charged with one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Each charge comes with a maximum sentence of 20 years. And this one's another doozy of a political headline. I want to know what you think. I know it's going to probably divide politics here in America, but what about your country? Matthew, you're in at decrypt.co. Let me know. The chairman of Russia State's Duma Committee on Energy said during a videotape press conference this week that the country would accept Bitcoin for its energy exports. He continued to say that the West would either pay for oil using a ruble's gold, while its allies or neutral countries such as China and Turkey can settle in rubles or their native currencies. He then added, you can also trade bitcoins. Russia, they export about 10% of the world's oil, and about 40% of Europeans' natural gas comes from Russia. The United States and the UK, well, they took their business elsewhere, but other countries are hesitant to fully detach from the Russian pump. Is this a bad look for bitcoin? which has been scrutinized for its perceived ability to help Russia evade sanctions and other economic consequences for its military actions. Well, here's what Jonathan Levin, the co-founder of Chainalysis, said and told Congress in mid-March. We've not seen any evidence of Russia or Putin systematically using cryptocurrencies to evade sanctions. Bitcoin's large digital paper trail, combined with insufficient liquidity, makes it very difficult to move billions of dollars of Bitcoin or billions of dollars of products. <laughs> What do you think? Do you think this is going to further politicize Bitcoin? Obviously, this is politics, but do you think this is going to further politicize Bitcoin? Let me know. Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co. And finally, another nail in the proverbial Bitcoin political coffin. The Accountability for Cryptocurrencies and El Salvador Act passed committee yesterday, meaning that it will now move to the next step, a vote in the Senate. Senators last month introduced a bill and asked the State Department to produce a report on El Salvador's Bitcoin adoption and develop a plan to mitigate its potential weakening of the United States' sanction policy, empowering malign actors like China and organized criminal organizations. And if I read correctly in the bill, it is also going to try to get an audit from El Salvador, like kind of like get American auditors to go into El Salvador and figure out what's going on with their monetary policies. President Bacali, president of El Salvador, is not happy about this tweeted, the U.S. government does not stand for freedom, and that's a proven fact. So, we will stand for freedom. Game on. Bitcoin is F.U. money. F.U. stands for, I guess you guys can figure it out. In another tweet, he continued to say, never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that the United States government would be afraid of what we were doing here. And so why is this important? Remember, El Salvador made Bitcoin legal tender before it was the U.S. dollar. Now it's also the U.S. dollar and Bitcoin. And, well, it's just not the United States that are coming down on El Salvador. The World Bank, the IMF, JP Morgan, they weren't pretty happy with this. And the IMF in January asked El Salvador to stop what it was doing. Senator Jim Rice, a Republican from Idaho, said on Wednesday, As El Salvador has adopted Bitcoin as an illegal sender, it's important that we understand and mitigate potential risks to the United States financial system. What do you guys think? Matthew Aaron at Decrypt.co Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. We have some pretty cool episodes coming up. I'm going to do my weekend update tomorrow. And then on Sunday, we have two episodes dropping. The first one is all about ID on the blockchain. This is an amazing conversation 
because it goes in depth what it actually means. What does ID mean? What is ID in general? What is ID now? And I think you'll be surprised by what ID is and the different ways to look at it. Also, what is ID on the blockchain? So look forward to that on Sunday, as well as our first sponsored episode. Uh, where I'm going to be taking sponsored guests that are obviously sponsored. It's going to be very transparent, but we're going to have conversations about different topics. If either it's taxes or uh, development and banking on the bank in Africa, we have some episodes that are coming up. People just want to come on the show and discuss what they're doing. So Decrypt decided that we're going to have some conversations and hopefully those conversations lead to enlightenment about the blockchain space. And until tomorrow and until those episodes, happy Huddling everyone.